Thank you, Brandon, and uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to the program. We're coming to you again live from the studio here at WEHC 90.7, the voice of Southwest Virginia. I'm joined, as always, in the studio with head football coach Kurt Newsom. And, Coach, thanks for joining me once again. Uh, it's always good to be with you, but it was obviously not a pleasant drive back from Winchester this weekend. No, some uh, Sundays and Mondays are worse than others, and uh, this, this was a rough one. It's about as bad as it gets, and you know when when you feel like you got better soldiers than they've got, and you don't win a game, it's 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 hard on everybody, and that kind of hurts. Well, coach, we're going to get into the Shenandoah game, and then we want to make sure we save some time for the uh, home game with WNL this coming weekend. Uh, but I want to talk about the season for a minute and kind of pull back a little bit, you know, to take a little higher view of things. Um, we're in a transition season. You are, the team is, the college is, the whole athletic department. You're going out of Division Three, ODAC into the Division Two, Southern Atlantic Conference. And with that being a transition season, there's no opportunity for postseason play. And you all knew that going in, and you recruited people with that going in. But, you know, college football is about that playoffs and making that postseason. It's a great motivator for young men. You know, as, as the way things are now, these young men played in high school programs where that's been the norm for decades, uh, those playoffs. But you don't have that, and, and so when you're in a grueling season and you don't have an opportunity for a postseason play, what do you do in a transition season to keep the motivation going? I know it has to be intrinsic, but, you know, there, that external motivation is not there. So how do you substitute for that? Well, even after this game, we, we talked to our players about, you know, uh, every drill is important. And winning and losing. And, you know, if it's a pass pro drill with the offensive tackle and a defensive end, you know, you want to compete. And that's what this game's all about. So what to play for is to play to win every snap. And I think that's what this game teaches you. And I think that's what it's all about. And so, I mean, after, you know, this loss, you know, we, we, we knew we didn't have many things that were out there that we could hold a nugget to. But, you yeah. know, it's it's still about competing every day. And, uh, you know, I, I remember years ago, 100 years ago when I played here, and I, I'd lose uh, rushing the passer, and it, it tore my heart out. And that was in a Tuesday practice. So, I, I, you know, that's, that's what we talked to them about. Win all your one-on-one -on -one battles throughout practice and make sure the games are still important. And, and they are. I mean, when we win a game oh, yeah. and we come into the locker room, our kids are jumping up and down. And, I, you know, they don't, they don't care who we just played. It's about winning and losing, and there's so much in life that's about that. And I, 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 think, I think that's what football teaches anyway. Well, I think that's a, you're, you're absolutely right. I think there's so many life lessons uh, that are learned on a football field and, and in, in a season. To go along with the transition season, still on that topic, and we're going to get to the game in just a second, you've had some impressive wins against some old longtime foes like Sydney and Bridgewater, but you've had some losses that have really cast a shadow on this, this, this season for you because they've been so close and they've been so late in the game. You've lost one game by one point. 
you've lost another by two, and you've lost another by three. You've lost three games by six points. That's tough, but to make it even tougher, you lost one of those games with a minute and seven seconds left. You lost another one with 19 seconds left. And then this past Saturday, as the clock expired, the winning field goal doomed the Wasp uh, by two points. Those that that has to be difficult and hard to 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 overcome when you're talking about this transition season. Well, it's really hard on the kids, and it's it's hard on the head coach because you know uh, you know you need to win games late if you're doing things the right way, and uh, we've we've had some issues that have cost us games, and uh, you know it really comes down you know the guy that's got to look in the mirror is me, and uh, you know I th- I think our players do that already and you know every time you know I've been doing this for a very long time but I I, hopefully I learned something from every time that it happens late and uh, you know it kind of tears your heart out my whole life is is this football team and when you win those games at the end of the game you 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 just go back and the first thing you do is what what could I have done different? Should I call the timeout here? You know, should I call the timeout before he kicked the field goal? You know, yeah. that, I mean, that's what you look at, and uh, probably should have. And if it would have made a difference, uh, we don't know. But the next time, I'll do that. And I'm old enough where I, sh- I should already know those things already. But anyway, it's uh, it's tough on these kids because we get we've got a good football team and we got a bunch of guys that care and I I just want them to keep caring I think they will I mean that's kind of who we are and uh, we've Ivan Phillips is a great leader for us and yeah and uh, he kind of stands up to the front and lets everybody know and uh, so we're gonna keep on plugging we're gonna play a good football team this week and we'll see how it works out well you sure are they're they're coming in here six and one undefeated in the ODAC and uh, they uh dismantled Bridgewater last weekend. The game was 17 to nothing, but uh, they, they've not only got a good offense, they've got a great defense, and we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Let's talk about the game Saturday, Shenandoah. The Wasps lost 9-7. to seven. As I said, as the clock expired, they hit a winning field goal to go up a 9-7. to seven. It was 7-6 to six at the time with six seconds left. If anyone had told you, Coach, your football team's going to go up there Saturday and they're going to hold the opponent to under 250 yards. They're going to score less than 10 points. They're going to replace their starting quarterback at halftime because he's thrown three interceptions already. Their biggest play was going to be 30 yards and you were going to intercept four passes total. Would you ever have dreamed the result of being what it was? No, it was kind of a nightmare offensively. And, uh, you know, Coach Buzzo and those guys had a great plan. And offensively, we we thought we did. And and, uh, for whatever reason, it just didn't work out. But, you know, those numbers based on the last four or five years since we played those guys are kind of remarkable because of the, you know, amount of yards and points you know they were averaging a ton of points against us and uh, played some zone coverage and it worked out and they weren't able to run the ball and had a couple new faces in the back end that came up and played the run and thought the defensive game plan was uh, was very special and uh, thought we did a great job on that side of the ball and even offensively is is you know, it's minimum the points we scored. Uh, you know, you got a tailback that gains 162 yards. You know, when they when a tailback goes over 150, you sh- you should have a chance to win. But you know, red zone absolutely destroyed us. Uh, you know, we 
dropped a, a punt, you know, just just major issues. And, uh, you know, those things bite you. And, uh, we, and we kept them in the game and shouldn't have, you know. And yeah. I, I made a decision to go for it on fourth and one. Uh, and, you know, that that – probably had an effect on the game I, we had a new kicker in and I, we, we got the best tailback I think in the country and uh, you know when it's fourth and one you you give him the ball and, what? Uh, that's what we did and and I mean they were telling me from the box hey listen hey think about it you want to kick it I said no I don't want to kick it we you know our, our tailback special let's let's get this thing in the end zone and and go up 14 so all those things come into play and mm-hmm. uh, it's just Part of a game on Saturday afternoon. Well, it sure is. And and if you have the nation's leading rusher at your tailback position, it's kind of like, are you not going to run, you know, uh, you know, someone like that? So, I mean, I don't think anybody could, could fault somebody for wanting to go for it fourth and one with the nation's leading running back uh, in their backfield. Well, let's talk about this RPO offense for a minute because you and I have talked several times, you know, and I think one of the things that you've told me is that we're not a drop-back passing team. We don't do well when we have to. And when teams take us away our rushing game and turn us into that, we're just, that's not who we are. And that's not who you are now because, you, as we said, you've got this nationally leading running back. However, for the last three games, your passing offense has just been, not, I won't say non-existent, but it's not been what it started out to be. You've not thrown any touchdown passes the last three weeks. Uh, there's been five interceptions and you're throwing passing for less than 100 yards. What's, what's, what's going on that's, that's giving the, the Kyle Short and, and the offense so much trouble in the, through the air? No, it, it should be much better. There's, there's no question when you've got a tailback rushing the ball for what he's rushing the ball for. Now, we, we felt like that they were really uh, – their under coverage was, was very good, and we felt like we could throw the ball over the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. And we weren't very efficient in, in that area. You know, what we've got to get to, we've still got to – you know, take shots and throw the ball down the field uh, yeah. to open it for the RPOs. Because in the past, that's what it's done. You know, we, we, we've got to say, hey, listen, we're going to throw it over your head and mm-hmm. uh, to open up things underneath. And we, we, we haven't been able to do that. And for whatever reason, whether it be uh, a receiver not not being able to do it, whether you know what whatever the reason is, but that's what we've got to get to. So we're going to have to take some shots, yeah, to open up the RPO game. And if we hit a shot, you know, it's a big play. And but that's what's got to happen to our football team. Yeah, you you need to stretch that defense exactly because so, if they have that tight underneath coverage, it really eats and, up. And, and the they lanes. and that's what people have done uh, the last couple of weeks. We've seen the same coverage, and we'll, we're going to see the same coverage this week. I, I would not and, doubt and, it. And um, hopefully they're not listening because we're, <laughs> we are going to take a couple shots. Well, uh, I want to come back to that. Uh, we're going to take a brief break, and here's from our underwriters. I want to remind everyone that we are coming to you from the studios of WEHC 90.7, the voice of Southwest Virginia, and we'll be back in just a second. Support for WEHC and Emory and Henry football comes from Tumbling Creek Cider Company. Heritage-inspired, handcrafted hard cider in the heart of downtown Abingdon. Open daily in the Spring House 112 Court Street, northeast and online at tumblingcreekcider.com. 
Tumbling Creek Cider Company, serving the spirit of our community. And we're back. Coach, we're talking about this passing game. One of the things that I noticed uh, that stuck out to me, uh, he's one of my favorite receivers you've got. Uh, Gunnar Griffith had zero catches this past week. And if he's not, and I said it early in the game from the broadcast booth, I really hope they get him involved in that game soon rather than later. But, boy, when Gunnar Griffith is, does not have a reception for you, that you know that that things aren't right in the, in, with your passing game. Yeah, or, we feel like Gunner's playing a little bit out of position. Is that right? You know, we've, we've he's much better at the slot position, and uh, you know he's an outside receiver where where you'd rather have a bigger guy where they can get hands on quicker and and those type of things. And there's a lot more space, and he's really good with space, and you know getting getting him in the slot, and you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cozy's in there, and Cozy's not really an outside receiver. I re- actually call our receiving crew the Smurfs. You know, we've got a, <laughs> you know, you like a couple big ones on the outside, like a Derek Yates, which yes. don't they don't come around often. And uh, we had to move Gunner out there just because of his uh, ability. But you know, I, I agree. You know, we'd like to see him get the ball more, and uh, it's it's been a tough go of it throwing outside right now. Well, let's go back to this running game. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Devontae Jordan. I mean, he is he is putting up some numbers that are all American type numbers, as far as I'm concerned. I just want to a couple of things. Want to. I looked at the national rankings today uh, for rushing. Rushing yards per game, he is number one in the nation with 182 yards a game. That's number one in the nation in rushing yards per game. He's also number one in the nation in all-purpose yards. Now, some people might not know what that is, but all-purpose yards includes the running. It includes any passes you catches, any kickoffs, any punt returns. And if you look at the stats... He's, of course, he's not doing your kickoffs. He's not doing your punt returns. But a lot of the people that are in that category, they are doing that. So they're having more opportunities than he has. But he still need, leads the nation in that category. He's second in total yards rushing with 1,275. And the only reason he's second is because he's played seven games, and the guy ahead of him with 91 more yards is first. So, And then rushing touchdowns, he has – 16, he's second in the nation there. I mean, those are just incredible numbers when you think about of the five, there's five categories you can be ranked. He's one or two and four of the five. Well, he's had a great year up to this point. It's it's really off the charts. And, you know, Devontae's one of these guys that just puts in a, a good day's work every day. You know, he's one of those guys. He, he got, I've said this before on the show, you know, he got hit six yards in the end zone against uh, deep against Bridgewater or somebody like that. And, you know, he didn't raise an eyebrow. He just handed the official the ball. And, you know, that's who he is. He does, He's not a trash talker. He uh, he does his job. He blocks well. He, he, he does, you know, everything you ask of him. And, uh, you know, he's made a lot of people miss. Mm. And uh, I, pr- I promise you, uh, Coach Wellenhofer is uh, very happy that he's uh, <laughs> behind the offensive line because – you know, as an offensive line coach myself, you know those uh, those those really good tailbacks can uh, can help you out when you're blocking them up front. And 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 you know we've done a good job up front. Coach mm-hmm. Gentry had that entire offensive line this summer working out, 
So they got bigger, and then we got Welly back, and that improved our football team. And uh, and then he he makes things happen, and he's special. And uh, I wouldn't trade him for for anybody. And we got another one that's special that's not playing. Yeah, you know, and uh, you know, I think they're both. Uh, we got we got to get them both back there, and then uh, make sure they don't either one of them have to carry the ball thirty sometimes a game. And that's that's what's happening. And uh, you know, when we get Grayson back, we put them both back there, and then we can uh, limit some carries and do do those type of things. But we're 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 very fortunate with our talent in the backfield. Yeah, Devontae's carrying the ball somewhere around 30, 30 uh, t- attempts per game, and so he's uh, right now at two hundred and seven carries for the season. Three games to go, the all-time leading carrier for the uh, Wasps in record books, Chris Miller, at two hundred fifty-five carries, and. Uh, Devontae's only uh, 49 carries away. And is he durable? I mean, he seems to be so durable. Well, he's so strong. You know, that's that's what the difference is. And, you know, Sundays, we practice on Sunday. Sundays are rough on him. And, uh, you know, he hadn't dressed out of the last couple Sundays because, you know, he's got bumps and bruises. And uh, But he's uh, – He's very physical. You know, he loves the weight room, and those those guys, uh, you know, they can they can handle some of that pounding they get yeah. because of the amount of strength they've got. So he's he's one of those guys, and we're just glad he's here. Uh, we we didn't know he'd be back. We called him late. He he didn't think he was going to come back, and uh, I promise you, I promise you that was a great phone call. <laughs> Well, he has he is having an outstanding season. Uh, we'll, we're going to talk about it some on Saturday in the pregame. Uh, he's he's in the record books at Emory, but he's got a chance to be at the top of several categories in record books at Emory that go back over a hundred years. And so he is one special athlete. But real quick before we leave Shenandoah game, I know your defense is really the hard hat defense has played well all year long. Uh, they had to one downfall with Bluefield, but I don't know if you know this or not, but they've given up. In six of the seven games, they've given up 25 points in the second half. That's four points a half for six games. I mean, we've talked about coming out of the locker room. You've talked about how do you get the team up, and sometimes they're not up. But they have they have answered every bell this year. They've you know great halftime adjustments with the the defensive staff. You know, I'm so happy with the way we played in in just about every game. You know, we've had a couple games we'd like to have back a little bit, but uh, they are and and the effort at Shenandoah was you know just un, unreal because Shenandoah still is a good offensive football team. Yes, they are. You know, and they um, for us to do what we did uh, throughout the game. And Shenandoah is a big second half team, and we gave them a million chances. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and they scored nine points, and uh, and probably shouldn't have got you know got got seven of those on a short field so really really pleased with the direction we're going in and and on that side of the ball and really offensively for throughout the year I think we've you know we've been really good Uh and uh, we had a bad football game and that that hurts as bad as the two tight losses we had I think this one hurt a little worse because of, uh, like I said earlier, you know, you feel like when you've got the best football team, you need to win the game, and uh, we didn't do that. 
Well, folks, uh, you're listening to Keys to the Game from WEHC 90.7, the voice of Southwest Virginia. We're going to take a brief pause to hear from our underwriters, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the generals from Washington and Lee. Support for WEHC comes from Snow's Fine Meats and Provisions, a neighborhood butcher shop in downtown Abingdon specializing in locally sourced pasture-raised proteins, handmade deli items, and specialty goods. Open Tuesday through Saturday and online at Snow's Fine Meats, 160 East Main Street, Abingdon. Snow's Fine Meats, bringing the old-fashioned butcher shop experience to your table. I heard the boys of a pork shop, they come on to me and Where you talk about your stewing beans? I know what's the best. All right, we're back, folks, and uh, thank you for that, Brandon. All right, folks, I'm going to talk a little. Coach, want to move, change gears to Washington Lee and talk about them. They're coming in here, as I said, 6-1. and one. They're undefeated in the ODAC. Um, they have only Farum and Shenandoah standing in their way of winning their sixth ODAC championship in the last 15 years. You and I have talked about being one-dimensional before, and any, any – de- defensive coordinator worth his salt will tell you we want to make them one-dimensional and then we're going to squeeze them or we're going to pound them, we're going to do whatever. They kind of come in and say, hey, we are one-dimensional. They threw for 14 yards against Bridgewater this past week. Of course, they ran for 300 and some. What makes them so good or able to be one-dimensional? Because they don't throw. They, they, every now and then they will. I know they will surprise you, but what makes them su- this offense such that it can be that good with only a one-dimensional type of football team? Well, they, they did that, and, and you say they threw for 14 yards, which is completely correct, but they got four or five pass interference calls mm. that gave them first downs in critical situations because people kind of lock lock on to the wideouts and you I mean that's just how you how you play them so when you do that uh, you know we've we've been susceptible to that uh, you know and with with playing man on our defense so that th- those were very big plays and uh but they are one-dimensional. I mean, you, I promise you, you got to stop the run first. There's no <laughs> joke about that. But, uh, you know, that's who they are. You know, I, I think we're good enough up front and in the box to, uh, you know, you worry about perimeter big plays. That's, mm. that's what I've talked to our defensive coaches about. You know, I, I, I feel like if, if, you know, they used to be a little bit more inside run. And, and really hurt you there. Right. And, you know, anytime you play any option team, you got to stop it from inside out. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's dive, quarterback, pitch. Right. But they they hurt you with the pitch a lot. But, uh, you know, you can't let anybody crease you inside for sure. But you've got to play responsibility football, and it's, it's different than what you normally play. They're running a little more option than they have in the past as a – you know, they, they were when uh, Coach Abel was there, a little bit more zone stuff inside and try to mash you. Now they've tried to split you out a little bit, which doesn't make sense for perimeter run. It makes sense for interior run. And uh, so it's, it's a little bit different than, than what they've done. So, uh, you know, they played good football. They lost in the first game. And, you know, option teams, your first game, uh, Christopher Newport had uh, all camp to prepare for them. Yeah, you know we have a week, and uh, that's the only game they've lost. And I, 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 I think the the reason they lost the football game was Christopher Newport had a camp, and uh, 
you know, we've got a week, so we'll see how it goes. And and you've got a week, and you only, and this is the only time you'll see this. Oh, there's no question. And, you know, everybody's offense is a little bit different. You tweak it and, you you know, and all those type of things. But this is completely different than what you see. You know, we won't go Pascal against each other, and we do it every week. And so it changes our practice schedule. Yeah. You know, and, and then you got to get your scout team, which is critical. You know, you've got to get them ready to, to give a good Kodak moment which is a great picture of what they do. So it's, 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 it's a hard week for us. Well, not only the offense is, is a, a, a juggernaut offense, but their defense this year is, is also they – are, they are really – we talk about one-dimensional. Nobody's been able to run on them yet. And so they're forcing people to go to the air. We talked about our struggles earlier against Shenandoah and Sydney and Macon – that's going to be a challenge this week. Oh, that's a matchup that, you know, we don't like. And, uh, you know, they're giving up 70 yards a game rushing. That's what we've made our living on most of the year. And, we, you know, we've thrown the ball effectively early on. But in the last few weeks, uh, we haven't. So, you know, we're going to have to, to a degree. Uh, you know, I, I, hopefully Devontae will be Devontae and our offensive line will be fine. And But, you know, we there's no way if if they hold us to 57 yards passing that we win this football game. Right. So we, we realize that what we've got to do, and um, and hopefully we you know we're very balanced. The last time we played them, we had 95 plays. Now I couldn't hope for 95 plays again because you know that's what they get. Uh, you know last week I think they had 80 and Bridgewater had 40 some. <laughs> You know, yeah. and then that's that's how you get shut out. And if we have forty some plays, you know, we're going to lose the football game. So yeah, that, that's how it works. Well, Bridgewater only had the ball for eighteen minutes. Uh, they practically they had WNL had it for three quarters. Last time you played them was the hell, infamous Hail Mary game, uh, a wild shootout here. But one last question before we close out for the a- afternoon, though. They are apparently they are the apparent going to be ODAC champion. They've got Farum and Shenandoah. I think they could take care of business there, but it would go a long way of getting this bad taste out of your mouth from last week to beat the ODAC champions, would it not? We talked to our players Sunday night at practice. That's the first thing I said. These guys are going to win the conference. This game doesn't count on their conference record. Let's do this thing, and you you know we talked about motivation and those type of things. Let's let's beat the conference champions, so when uh, they go to the playoffs, we can tell we can tell everybody that's who we beat. All right, coach, that's going to do it for us today. Uh, thank you for being here. A tough loss in Shenandoah up at Winchester, but uh, thank you for being here, and good luck on Saturday. Thanks for everything, Gary. Appreciate it. And I hope you can uh, join us this Saturday as this will be re-aired at noon on Saturday. And then Josh Floyd and I will join you at 1230 to bring you the pregame show. And it will be immediately followed at 1 o'clock with a kickoff against the Washington Lee Generals. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, We're so glad you did. And we will talk with you on Saturday. So long, everyone.